0: of Plowing and Planting. This is Adam Triplett, pastor here at Waverly Place Baptist Church with my fellow pastor, David Peck. Good to see you, brother. Good to see you. Good to be back. Glad glad we're doing this again. Yeah. Once more. Yep. Here we go. To the... Hey, what's the phrase? Into the breach. Into the... Into something. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting into something now. It fits for this episode. It does fit for this episode. Yeah, this, this whole season, we're thinking about the importance of Understanding the times and uh, knowing the times in which we live and how God has called us to live, to be, to believe, uh, and to, yes, we dare say, fight, uh, to press on. And then that's part of uh, kind of the whole theme of this uh, season is in understanding the times. We want to understand the times, not just so that we can be a cultural anthropologists, or, or so that we can be a bunch of smart guys who are able to uh Pick apart the the world in which we live, but so that we can uh, fulfill the the commands of God and the commissions that He's given us, uh, chiefly to make disciples uh, here among ourselves and, and to all nations. And that is our hope, our goal, our prayer uh, in this podcast itself. Plowing and planting exists to help equip uh, our church here specifically at Waverly Place, but but also Christians who who may listen from other places uh, to to stand and to press forward uh, in pursuing uh, God's call on their lives and seeing the kingdom of God built uh, here and now as we await the return of our triumphant hmm. victorious glorious savior and hmm. king Jesus Christ. So far this season though brother we've we've really sought to to kind of begin this conversation to begin the conversation by talking about what do we mean when we say understand the times and, and what are the times in which we live and what is the world in which we live. And we've kind of picked up on this phrase that's become popular uh, nowadays that we live in a, a post-Christian culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think that we're in the infancy of that post-Christian culture. And I don't yeah. think uh, by by any...
1: Which is a sobering thought considering yeah. where it feels like we are already. Yes,
0: <laughs> yes. And, and so one of the things that I think is helpful to to differentiate here in our conversation is just because our culture uh, is not just opposed to Jesus and the gospel, but also is is completely devoid and ignorant of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Just because that's true does not mean that the church cannot grow, that the kingdom of God cannot grow. That's right. Uh, and so, so that's that's an important distinction because I think a lot of people when they hear the term. Post Christian culture believe that that means we believe that the culture is just going to hell in a handbasket mm-hmm. and and we have no hope.
1: Yeah, inevitable decline to the end.
0: And that's not that's not that's not what we believe. Right. Uh, some people believe that, and, and and they're more than welcome to that opinion. Yeah. Uh, but that's not <laughs> what we believe. Uh, we we actually I, I think I can speak for you in this. Uh, we actually believe that, that that God's kingdom is being built, mm-hmm. and that people are coming to Christ and that his church is is prevailing, Um, and and that the gates of hell, as as Jesus says in Matthew 16, will not prevail against the church that he is building. Uh, And so it it is an odd place to be because you see the culture deteriorating, and we're going to talk about this in future episodes, you see the culture deteriorating around us, but I think at the same time you see the glory of Christ's church growing Mm -hmm. uh, up in the midst of it. Among the rubble, you see the the beauty of of the garden that God is is growing,
1: yeah, it's becoming more distinct, more yeah. apparent, yeah, right. What what it is that Christ has done and, and what He is doing, and so in, in some ways we should celebrate that that the light becomes all the more clearer when um, when the darkness around us grows darker. That's right. Um, yeah, so we should definitely expect it, and even thinking about church history, uh, the church often thrives <sighs> and grows in uh, adversity. That's true. Right? It's it's not in those peaceful times when the church tends to really flourish. Now, uh, you know, maturity and holiness and the ways that really matter. Uh, at times it's, you know, when you've got an easy culture to believe in, sometimes you can add numbers because it's convenient, but then you have that question of, like, where's the distinction? Uh, are we really separate from the world? Are we really distinct? Yeah. Um, and so this this is a very clarifying time in a lot of ways, and it's not a bad thing, though it's, it's hard yeah, absolutely, and so so we've
0: been getting into that and and helping uh, ourselves think about this, our own hearts, and and helping our people think about this about the idea of spiritual warfare and what does it mean to be uh, to have a wartime mindset as a Christian to realize that this is not uh, glory, that this is not a new heavens and new earth, that this mm. is not a golden age. There has not ever been a golden age because. Christ has not yet returned. There is still work to be done. There are still battles to be fought. There are still gardens to be tilled. And Mm -hmm. and there are still people to be discipled, uh, to put it bluntly. So we are pressing. We are moving forward. We are pressing on trusting that Christ is building his church. Uh, This is one of the reasons that the resurrection and the ascension is so important and so key to biblical doctrine because a risen Christ is a reigning Christ, mm-hmm. is a ruling Christ, he's a guiding Christ, right? And, and we've returned to this over and over again of how even in the book of Acts, we see the early uh, disciples, we see the apostles speaking and praying and having conversation with the Lord, and the Lord there being specifically Christ the Lord, uh, that it is Christ who's building his church and who's guiding them. And, and as we've moved out uh, into this uh, time of the gospel church, we've seen that that continues to happen uh, primarily through the leading of the Spirit and the teaching of His Word. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so today we're going to begin moving more into this conversation about spiritual warfare. Last time, we, the last episode, we talked about spiritual war- warfare generally. We talked about what, how does the Bible view violence. We talked about uh, the battles that we fight. We talked about how Satan works. And we're going to be fleshing those things out more and more throughout the season But today we're going to get to the end of Paul's letter to the Ephesians, specifically thinking about what is known as the whole armor of God. Today we're going to have a general conversation about what is the armor of God, what is God's uh, idea behind uh, this, what is Paul's aim in, in laying this out. Uh, in the next episode, we're going to talk about the specific pieces of the armor of God and how we are equipped in them and what their purpose is and, and how we are to take up the armor in our fight. Uh, and, and this is true. We see this uh, on the sports field, but, but more so we see this on the battlefield mm-hmm. uh, in, in actual wars, that there is a time for defense and there is a time for offense. Yeah. And the Christian has to be ready for both. That they have to be defensive at times, uh, not defensive in the sense of, of having hurt feelings, right, and, 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 mm-hmm. and, and, and whining and every time somebody steps on our toes, us crying foul. Not that kind of defense, but a kind where we are fortified, where we are a fortress, mm-hmm. right, uh, of truth. And and also an offense where we are pressing forward, where it's... it's uh, working to see the kingdom of God expanded. You think right. about the kingdom of God as a, as a castle, mm-hmm. right? There's a time when we have to fortify the walls of that castle to protect against uh, the, the schemes and the, and the fight and the battle of the evil one. Mm-hmm. And there are times when that castle needs to expand. We need to build new walls and mm-hmm. see the kingdom grown uh, on this earth. And so we're going to be yeah. talking about both of those things. And, and I think a good way of thinking about this, to kind of frame the conversation, is actually a, a little quote from Sinclair Ferguson. Uh, he says, As in all warfare, the two essential elements in victory are knowing your enemy and knowing your resources. That's good. Knowing your enemy and knowing your resources. And, and you see this. You see this with all great military and, and uh, great leaders throughout uh, the times uh, in, in understanding what they had uh, at their disposal and understanding who they were going against. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what Ephesians 6 is getting at. Yeah. So, brother, let me hand it over to you if you want to read for us. Yep. Uh, Ephesians 6, 10 through 20, to kind of set up. This, this is a huge passage. Mm-hmm. We're going to be teasing this passage out this episode and next. But let's go ahead and read the whole thing.
1: Yeah. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Which will, uh, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in change, chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Mm.
0: There's so much there. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, someday we'll get to preach through the book of Ephesians. We'll get there. Uh, But probably when I come to this passage, uh, or you come to this passage, I I think we'll probably take each one of these things in turn. I mean, it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, 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 you know, we could do a whole sermon series just on the armor of God, and maybe that's worth considering at some point, because each of these phrases is so packed with truth. Uh, this is the end of Paul's letter to the Ephesians, and he's been laying out for them, the first half of the book laying out for them the truth of the gospel, what the gospel mm-hmm. does, that the gospel conquers, that it overcomes, that it displays, that it creates this, this people that display God's glory, and theref- therefore... There's this new society that's created by Jesus and by what he has done. And, and so that society is supposed to live in a certain way, and it kind of culminates in this kind of battle language now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so let's talk about it. Let's talk about it in general. And let's just begin by thinking about the importance of the might of God, the mm-hmm. importance of the might of God. Uh, you know, a lot of times, especially in today's culture that that it seems to focus more uh, on a what we may call a victim mentality, uh, or or noting people's uh, weaknesses or mm-hmm. or their the ways in which they are uh, lesser than, uh, and, and it really gets into this conversation that that centers around critical theory of uh, an intersectionality of, yeah. of this is these are the ways that, that you're held down by the man, mm-hmm. right? It's surprising then to come to the Bible and see how often it talks about strength
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it talks about. Uh, capability. It talks about ability. It talks about rising up. It talks about overcoming. Yeah. It talks about being conquerors, being victorious, mm-hmm. uh, freedom in Christ. And so we see here, even in this, that it's not wrong for us to want to be strong yeah. and, and to kind fight. Of to-
1: told to be right there, be yeah. strong.
0: Yeah. And it's really an echo of what we even find God telling his old. Uh, the Old Testament people, the Old Covenant mm-hmm. people, right? We've been yeah. looking at this in our Wednesday night studies in yeah. Joshua, that, that the commands there that God gives to Joshua, Joshua gives to the people, it, is be strong and courageous. Yeah. It was an expectation,
1: yeah. right? Well, in Hebrews, you just, you just got past there, right? The, yeah. To strengthen your weak knees. Yeah,
0: so. yeah. And, and so it's not <clears throat> wrong for this. And, and right. I, I really want to press on this, especially when it comes to, to Christian men, mm-hmm. right? Because we live in a culture that that so wants to... Uh, diminish uh, godly masculinity mm-hmm. that wants to uh, diminish uh, any kind of drive or any kind of desire to mm-hmm. to to be bold and to be strong in men, right? Except when it comes to the gym. Right, mm-hmm. we, we want we want men with big muscles, but weak hearts and right. weak minds.
1: Well, and even in the Christian circles, for a long time now, ambition is a bad word, yeah. right? And we equate selfish ambition, which we're told not to have <clears throat> in Philippians. We, we think that all ambition is selfish. But Paul says, I make it my ambition, right? Yeah. Like, there is yeah. a godly ambition yeah. that we are to have. And so, yeah, yeah it, things have gotten very distorted. Go ahead. And
0: so this is the key here, and we see it right here. The emphasis is on being courageous, in the strength of his might, yeah. right? That's how it begins. Finally, as Paul, the end, this is the end, this is the conclusion for Paul. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Right. And so, this is something that I want to point out because it's key to understanding spiritual warfare is that we can, it is possible as Christians, if we are in Christ, it is possible for us to be victorious every single time. Mm-hmm. It, it's possible. Right. Now, we're not going to be. We right. realize that. We're not yeah. going to bat a 1000. Right? That 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 is a part of living in this world. But we should be growing in holiness. Mm-hmm. We should be stepping up our batting average, sorry, it's baseball season, right? It is. Thick in it. Right? <laughs> and but but the way that we do it, this is the key, is that we would do it in his might. This right. this is the key to unlocking Spiritual freedom and and, and growth in holiness and, mm-hmm. and victory over sin and over temptation. Yeah. Uh, so there's a, there's a great key here, and and it's built in this idea that the armor that's discussed is discussed as the armor of God, and not the armor of man.
1: Yeah. Right. That's where he goes next. Put so on
0: the whole armor of God.
1: Yeah. Let me make a real quick tie together yeah. with what you're just talking about with that victim mentality and yeah. and the purveyors the the people who are are championing this kind of ideology the answer is not uh look to god it's look to me you need me i'm the strong man in this situation you need me to help you in your victimhood Mm -hmm. you need an advocate you need an ally you need somebody who can fight this battle for you and it's them right they somehow have the answers they're not the man but they're in a position to Overthrow the man and help the victim. Yeah, and it's all focused very much on them being the deliverer. Yeah, and, and it, so it's a very it's a, anti-gospel mindset. It,
0: it it is. It's a great twisting within. I would say both within uh, uh, our pop culture mm-hmm. and within our government. Yeah, in both of these places, and and this is key for Christians to pick up on. Because you're going to see this, and it's, and it's and we're going to talk about this later, it's, it's going to be a smokescreen. It's going to be mm-hmm. a shadowy thing that if you're not careful, it will twist your mind and it will twist your heart that instead of the government being seen as the ones who are to keep order mm-hmm. and to execute justice, they're actually become the ones who are there to save. Right. that it is their job to take care of you mm-hmm. and to help you and to make everything easy for you right. not that they are to maintain order mm-hmm. but they are to give you something mm-hmm. and at the same time in our pop culture our pop the problem with much of pop culture is not that they are meant to to bring entertainment right and and I there, I I believe that there's nothing wrong with this. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong uh, even with a Christian who says, hey, I want to make good Christian music, not necessarily to be sung in, in congregational like gatherings, right. but, but for individual worship yeah. and, and, and to bring glory to God mm-hmm. and to delight to people's ear, yeah. Right. I don't think it's wrong for Christians to say, hey, we want to make movies that draw people to Christ, that, that, mm-hmm. that show the, the beauty of walking with the Lord. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. The problem becomes, and this is in secular pop culture more than Christian culture, I would say, but that these people are here to help you know how to think and mm-hmm. what to believe and how to feel about things. Mm-hmm. And so this is why we often find when, when there yeah. are different issues in our society that that musicians or actors or influencers or whatever they want to call themselves believe that their voice is important, and so mm-hmm. you need to hear what I think about this thing so right. that I can help you think rightly about right. it, as if they are the authority.
1: Yeah, the goal is to shape, right? And, and yeah. even and really in all of it, and even on the Christian side, our goal is to shape in some ways, right, for you to see the truth more clearly uh, by giving whether it's—and even thinking about like a love song uh, that a husband could sing uh, to his wife. Oh, you sing to your wife? Yeah, <laughs> not, not, <laughs> no, anyway. Uh, <laughs> talk about that later. Um, no, but that, that there would be a, a godly uh, song written from a husband to a wife that that elevates marriage, that that mm-hmm. holds it in right view, would mm-hmm. be a god glorifying thing that you wouldn't necessarily sing on Sunday morning, oh, yeah, right? Absolutely. But that 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 would be a very good thing to have, yep. and that would shape the people that listen to it, that sing yep. it, right? And so, it's all it's all shaping us. And we've talked about this. Even when we talk about training up our children and all this, we are being shaped. We're being trained yeah. and the entertainment is doing it and they're doing it on purpose. Yeah. This is not incidental. They have a goal in mind and we do too. Yeah. And those goals are very much in opposition to each other.
0: Right. And so this is why This it's not that we think so. We're not, we don't do this podcast because we think we have a bunch of really insightful things to say. In fact, We just, you just read a large portion from the book of Ephesians, and that's what we're going to be talking about. And we're going to be applying it to the world in which we live. And that is how we've done this podcast the entire time, and how we continue to do this podcast by starting with scripture. Yeah. Because that's what, that's what it is sufficient. And, and so getting back to this conversation about the armor of God, we see here that it is God's armor, that he is intending to equip his people, that it's mm-hmm. not something we need to come up with. We don't need man-made strategies or, right. or curriculums or ideologies to help us fight the battle against sin in ourselves, in the world in which we live, and against mm-hmm. Satan who who... Is is working in the world around us? We we don't need the world. The Bible itself no. is sufficient. Y'all can get me yeah. going because because well, I'm preparing a talk for Sunday night yeah. to talk about race and ethnicity, mm-hmm. and and this is where I'm going to start right here. Yeah. Uh, so so if you listen to this before our Sunday evening gathering, you get you're getting <laughs> a little tease. The sufficiency of God's yeah. word, and and it's here. The sufficiency of God's right. armor. Yeah,
1: Peter says, so, you know <laughs> that he's given us all that we need for life and yes, godliness. Yes. Do we believe yeah. that or not? Yeah, that's exactly right. It's not right. to say that other people's thoughts and comments and the ways that they've wrestled with it and, and applied it uh, are not helpful, but that's not where we're coming. Like, we're not starting there. We're not starting with man's ideas even about what God has said. We want to start with what God has said, and then we're trying mm-hmm. to work that out that's and exactly wrestle right. through it, and other people are helpful in that. But w- these aren't things that people just came up with and just like, oh, this might work.
0: Yeah, this is exactly right. So, so we see here then that the battle... Uh, that, that, that Paul then rolls in to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And, and he brings this up that it's the schemes of the devil mm-hmm. that the armor of God is for. Uh, and, and the schemes of the devil doesn't just mean what particularly the devil is doing. We'll talk about this more uh, in just a second. But also the schemes of the devil as it is outworking working in sin in our own lives, right? Mm-hmm. That, that this scheme goes back to the garden itself right. when sin entered the world. Mm-hmm. And so sin at work even within us that we're wrestling with, though Satan may not be here, right. it is still a scheme of his yeah. in our own hearts, right? It's a fruit uh, of his working. Yeah. And so he, gro- he, gro- he rolls into then... For because of this, we we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, and this is something Paul had to help the Ephesians deal with. He and, and the Bible helps us to deal with it, that, the, that. the battle primarily is not against people who believe different things, mm-hmm. as if we need to go and fight with them right. per se. Yeah. But the battle is against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. And he's getting here at, at what we would call the, the demonic, the the spiritual realms, uh, those who rule over the world in, in unseen spiritual ways against the spiritual forces of the heavenly places. And so he's helping us understand, and, and this, I think, does affect to some degree uh, our own eschatology, our own understanding of the future, mm-hmm. of the end times, and... Um, is that there is a spiritual war going on around us that we do not see. Yeah. And and it is being waged and 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 the, the the booty of the thing, the the loot, the the thing, the treasure that is being fought over is the hearts of man. Hmm. That is what is being fought for, right? It, it's not a fight for uh, this piece of land in the Middle East. It's not a fight for mm-hmm. America. It's not a fight, you know, for you no, know, right. it is a fight for the hearts of mankind. Yeah. And so that is the battle that's going on. Now, the the emphasis then on the battle being over flesh and blood, it, not over flesh and blood, but over the spiritual heavenly places that are unseen is not meant to scare us. Mm-hmm. Right? Would you right. say that? It's yeah. not it's not there to scare us. Yeah. It's not to, it's not to cause us to think a about Casper the Friendly Ghost all right. of a sudden, right? Right. Or every scary movie we watched growing up. <laughs> you know, so it's it's there to, to encourage us with, with a soberness. Mm-hmm. And to take these things seriously,
1: yeah.
0: And I think that, that that's an important important point
1: and caution, yeah, right that that we shouldn't be flippant about these things. Which oh. was, the soberness is is you know anti-flippantness. But I think a lot of us do err on that side. Like we just don't even consider. The, the spiritual realities that are going on around us. Right. Uh, maybe it's because we're afraid our imaginations will run too wild or or we've seen other people uh, act in ways that, that we don't find biblical, whatever it may be. Yeah. We've got our reasons, but I think a lot of times we, we ignore this to our detriment and we um, we don't have the proper sobriety and caution that we should in thinking about our lives as sons and daughters of God Yeah, who... The, there is a real enemy who wants to see us destroyed or ineffective at best
0: so let me ask you this you got a good note here about the enemy being formidable why do you think he describes the enemy in this way because it is it it can be overwhelming Right? When, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, the reason they ignore spiritual warfare or, or even ignore this passage about putting on the armor of God is because they feel so overwhelmed by it. They feel mm-hmm. like, what do I even do here? And we're going to talk right. about some practicalities here in a minute. But yeah. why do you think he describes it this way?
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, it was a quote from Calvin's commentary yeah. that I found helpful. He says, um, Paul describes our enemy as formidable, not to overwhelm us with fear, but to quicken our diligence and earnestness. For there is a middle course to be observed. When the enemy is neglected, he does his utmost to oppress us with sloth. And afterwards, disarms us by terror, so that um, before the engagement has commenced, we are vanquished. By speaking of the power of the enemy, Paul labors to keep us more on the alert. And so that, that ignoring of this often causes sloth. And so, you know, think about this. If you're struggling in prayer, like you, str- you struggle to be motivated to pray, yep a lot of times that's going to come from because you've been lulled into this false sense of security or you've just ignored this so much that it's caused a sloth or a laziness yeah. in prayer because you don't understand the urgency with which the the spiritual battle is raging around us. Yeah. Because we've for whatever reason we've pushed it out of our minds. Yeah. We're too afraid or we we just not to be bothered by it, whatever it may be. But that is a that is one of the schemes of the of the enemy is to cause us to be slothful and then when this big thing happens in our lives that is yep. hard, mm-hmm. that that really presses our faith, we're more likely to be defeated even before it began because we haven't been putting on the armor of God and we yep. haven't been persevering in prayer.
0: Yeah. We haven't taken up the strength that he has provided. Right. It's it's a lack of... It, we've been living in our own strength or, or mm-hmm. we've been living in a lazy boy and then there's no might there. We haven't My been, strength
1: can handle a lazy boy. That's yeah. about it.
0: We have <laughs> Well, yeah, it's so we haven't been training ourselves, right. right? It's 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 this idea of our spiritual muscles being atrophied mm-hmm. because we have we've not been diligent. Yeah, no, that's I think that's really helpful that we would see, you know. And I think this is why some some folks have such a hard time reading the Bible or maybe even understanding the Bible mm-hmm. is because the Bible takes spiritual warfare and takes the Christian life so seriously, mm-hmm. and so they read this and they're like, well, that I don't understand what like is it because Paul's an apostle or is it because you know, the, the, it's, it's in the Bible, maybe that's why it's so serious, but it, mm-hmm. surely God doesn't expect me to be this serious about my faith, yeah. or this serious about following Him, or this serious about prayer, or about being in the Word, and taking up these these mm-hmm. weapons of warfare. I mean, yeah. you know, th- that was a certain time.
1: When the Bible says, be sober-minded, it doesn't just mean don't drink too much, <laughs> right. right? It means to be serious, to take yeah. these things yeah. as serious as they are, Yeah. Because yeah. we're not just talking about life and death, right? If you were up on, um, up on a building and an earth, up on the roof of a building, and an earthquake happened and it starts shaking, like you're going to take things very seriously, yeah. Because there's real danger to your life, yeah. And God very clearly says, "Don't fear what yeah. can destroy the body; fear yeah. Him who can destroy the body and the soul in hell." Right? That yeah. there is a seriousness that we are often lacking.
0: Yeah, and so one of the things we 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 want to be clear here. We're not saying that you need to uh, look at everything in your life and look at everything in the world and assume that it's possessed by the demonic. Right. We're not saying that. We're also not saying that that you need to believe every time there is a an idea out there that says that this thing or this thing or this thing is being controlled by demons or it's demonic or it's a cult or something. We're not saying that we are always going to buy that either, mm-hmm. right? That, that, that everything is secretly, you know, uh, a, a Satan-worshipping cult that's, that's being, you know, perpetuated. Mm-hmm. Uh, that may certainly happen, but we don't believe that's always the case.
1: Right. Because it doesn't have to be intentional, right? We just talked about that, and, and Calvin himself won't point that out, that mm-hmm. just the sloth and the, the just not paying attention can y- lead you down these roads that just still play into the enemy's hands yeah. without it being intentional.
0: And that's key, I think, to understanding the the way, the way, reason and the ways that our culture is the way that it is right now, mm-hmm. and our government is the way that it is right now, yeah. and politics are the way that they are, and the the societal conversations are the way that they are right now, is because Christians— have been slothful. Yeah. They have not taken on the armor and taken up the might of God and pressed forward in things. Instead, they've sat back and said, well, everything's okay. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the, this is one of the, sorry, it gets a little, for me at least, it's my own personal opinion, but this is one of the problems that, that I'm currently struggling through and wrestling through with a lot of, uh, well-known evangelical pastors and theologians today mm-hmm. is that they, they, seem to be continuing to live in this world where they assume, Oh, everything will just work itself out. Mm -hmm. Oh, everything will just be okay. Oh, well you, you, if you, if you have an opinion about this thing, you're being too heavy handed, uh, or you're being too dramatic or you're thinking too doom and gloom about things. You're assuming too much about people's motives. You're not being winsome Mm -hmm. with people. Uh, but but i would say that we're moving into a time where christians we have got to be more critical in our thinking yes and discerning in what we allow into our hearts and our minds and what we feel we've got to we've not got to question everything in the sense of dismantling everything we're not talking about christian deconstructionism here no no we're not talking about that what we're talking about is being a discerning people who look at the world and look at the things that come to us and think okay how might Satan be using this to mm-hmm. perpetuate people walking away from God yeah. and away from God's Word and away yeah. from God's truth?
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And so, I think that these things creep in so slowly. And so maybe that's yeah. that's a good place that's to good. go. Uh, and and getting at this, there we found a great quote from Ed Welch. I'll let you read it okay. about how we are to be this way.
1: Yeah. Go ahead. He says, Be very careful then how you live, Ephesians five fifteen. Put on the full armor of God, Ephesians six eleven. Prepare your minds for action, first Peter one thirteen. Make every effort, second Peter one five. Be self controlled and alert, first Peter five eight. These are battle cries, and Scripture is full of them. But unlike our old conception of warfare, where battle lines are clear, and the times of battle can almost be predicted, this is modern warfare in which you are not always sure where the enemy lurks. It is guerrilla warfare. There are strategically placed snipers. You let down your guard for a moment, and the village you thought was safe suddenly opens fire on you.
0: What does that make you think about? Mr. I Wilch. Mean, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Wilch. What, yeah. what, what do you think, though? I mean, does, that, does it freak you out, or does it make you want to gird up?
1: <laughs> right. And so, I mean, he, he does a good job of, of that first sentence, just backing up all of those statements. They're just quotes from those passages. Right, and so this is the language of scripture. And I think we have lived in a time and a place where we've been conditioned to not be that alert, right? If you've grown up in a war-torn country, you've lived this way. Yeah, And so this is not strange language to you. Yeah. And it's not necessarily crushing to you, right? It doesn't right. cause you to panic right. or to be overly anxious about things because this is just life, right? This is how things are. And so this is how we have to live. But we have lived so comfortably, I think, by and large, not everybody, Mm -hmm. that this kind of alertness of being aware of the dangers is just crushing to us. It's Mm -hmm. overwhelming. We don't know what to do with that. And so we we feel like we'd be in panic mode all the time. You don't have to panic when you're in danger.
0: No. I think this is probably a good place to say this. And and I'll I'll speak for you and and for Pastor Sean here, too, because I know you feel this way. As as we look at God's word, and we look at the world in which we live, we're excited.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're we're joyful. We're we're positive. Yeah. We, we, uh, there there's an excitement that I feel as a pastor pastoring now, mm-hmm. because there is there is such a I don't know it's, it's the Holy Spirit, but it's such a a powerful uh, presence of the Spirit where where. Every Sunday when our church gathers, I'm looking forward to it because I know God is going to be at work. When I'm talking to brothers and sisters throughout the week and what God's doing in their life, I get excited about. It. That doesn't mean that hard things aren't happening. Right. You know, that doesn't mean that that people we love don't pass away and it's very hard and difficult. They're there difficult situations with with work, with finances, like and and hard times in our in our country, in our economy, uh, in our government, and, and feel. It. But mm-hmm. but. I am excited about what the Lord is doing, and I think God is is hard at work. Not just yeah. at work, but that He is hard at work. That that He is laboring in, in raising up and sending out laborers to go into the field mm-hmm. and to reap the harvest. Yeah. And and so when when I mean the emotions, even the past couple of weeks that I felt with the possibility of Roe v. Wade being overturned, mm-hmm. I mean such. Such a such an excitement in yeah. my own heart because because I know brothers and sisters, generations older than us, who have labored mm-hmm. and labored, decades now yeah. to see this this day, yeah. and 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 giving their time, their energy, their money, all that they have, blood, sweat, and tears to seeing this 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 great horror be overturned in in our nation, mm-hmm. and so God is at work. Yeah. And so when we read these things, when we talk about these things, as pastors, we're not scared. Yeah. We're not discouraged. We're not fearful. We're excited. Yeah. Because this is the thing God's called us to. This, yep. you know, and not to get too, you know, uh, uh, motivational or or uh, Rocky Balboa on us, but <laughs> this is our time. Yeah. We are called to be lights among this twisted and dark generation. Yeah. Like this is it. And I we are called that. to be a city on a hill yeah. today.
1: Yeah, I love that you used Rocky because he got punched in the mouth. Right? I mean, a lot of times you talk about the, you know, this. This is there are hard things. There are really hard things. There are times where we're tired. Doesn't mean we're not joyful or that we're, you know, yep. completely. We're not despairing. Right. Yep. That we we do have this great hope that God is at work and He is doing things. Yep. And the, the interesting thing with those hard things, uh, somebody had mentioned a, a while back, uh, somebody else outside of our congregation, something about, you know, are, are you not concerned that doing some of these things, like with fostering, uh, mm-hmm. foster parenting, uh, mm-hmm. will affect your kids? Yeah. There have been some really, really hard moments, the, the couple times that we've done this now. Um, there have been some really hard things. And, and part of me, just, just even this week, was thinking, man, I think one of the things, one of the reasons our kids are the way they are is because God has used these very hard things in their lives to mature them. Yeah. They love these kids. They love to serve them. Sure. It's hard at times, yeah. and it, <laughs> it's tiring, yeah. but they love it, and they're they're growing in in maturity and in faith yeah. as we serve in this way. And yeah. so that's just a, a brief example of them, like this hard thing in their life that God is using for their good. Yeah. And so we should not be afraid of hard things because we have a God yeah. who raises the dead. How could he not? Yeah. Use these hard things for our good.
0: Yeah, no, I think this is so true that that if Christians spend all of their time trying to run away from hard things, <laughs> here's what you're going to find. There's a there's a uh, there's a an Avett Brothers song, one of my favorite Avett Brothers songs that uh, that it re- this reminds me of, uh, called "The Weight of Lies." And in the chorus of the song, it said that lies don't need an airplane to follow you anywhere. <laughs> That that wherever you go, they're they're mm-hmm. gonna fall. and it's it's the same it's the same truth. It's it's the principle that that you're you are always gonna be where you are, yeah. and so if you spend all of your time running from battles and running from hard things and going in retreat mode. Mm-hmm. You're just going to run into it, the next hard thing yeah. because you're still going to be there. Yeah. The difficulties of your life are still going to be there. You yeah. can go and you can, you know, and, and this, this is one of the great problems that that, that the monks and those who cloistered themselves mm-hmm. off in monasteries found out very quickly. Right. Is their hearts showed up there. Yeah. They were still sinful yeah. because they were there.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And so there, there's this idea then, what are we going to do with ourselves? Right. Are we going to continue to be in retreat mode, mm-hmm. or are we going to push forward? Are we going to seek to change the direction? Are we going to seek to see the kingdom of God build and, 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 and entrust the things that he's given to us and do the work, yeah. right? Yeah. And this is one of the reasons that, that Megan and I have taken such a posture of having our kids with us when we do ministry mm-hmm. uh, here at the church and, and expecting our kids to show up. It's not always easy. Yeah. Our, our kids do crazy things sometimes, and, and, you know, sometimes we have to sit them down and, and have conversations, and but we want our children to understand that, that just because you're a little person mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you can't serve the Lord, yeah. right? And and just because you may not be able to preach or speak or, or you know, play an instrument and lead uh, congregational singing or... or you know, all of these things doesn't mean that the Lord can't use you mm-hmm. uh, in, in this world that he's put you in. Yeah. Uh, and so, so in the same, same thing that you're talking about that, that, that we have been given. So we're going to get to this. Let's, let's move in right. this direction <laughs> because the, the call here then, the focus here is to put on the whole armor of God. This mm-hmm. is the focus of this passage. And, and there's another quote we have here from Calvin that I think is helpful. He's, he says, don't read more into the text than what is there. We must not, however, inquire very minutely into the meaning of each word. For an allusion to military customs is all that was intended. Nothing can be more idle than the extraordinary pains that some have taken this philosophizing and this this theorizing, this going on and on and on, to discover the reason why righteousness is made the breastplate. Right? Like, mm-hmm. and I, I've I've heard these sermons and these talks where it's like. This is why he said righteousness must be a breastplate, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we've got to realize that Paul's writing a letter here. Mm-hmm. He's using an illustration, much like the parables of Jesus. Yeah. They're, they're, they're a picture. It's yeah. a picture of a big truth. And and I think that we know this particularly here because Paul tells us to put on the whole armor of God. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say, oh, just put on the breastplate first. We'll talk about that for a few right. days. If he wanted to talk about that, he had made the letter as long as 1 Corinthians is. Yeah. It's a longer letter, right? right? But no. It gets to the main point. Put on the whole armor of God because a partial preparation where we're just focusing on the breastplate, the sword, the mm-hmm. helmet, it, it leaves us weak. Yeah. Right? We neither want to run into battle. You said this earlier. I'm not <laughs> we don't want to run into battle naked. <laughs> That's right. Okay? This is a big problem. Bad idea. Right? Nudist, nudist warriors never never nope, get much done. They don't prosper. At the same time, we also don't want to run into battle Half armed either, right? We don't want to run into battle with no helmet on, yep. right? And so we want to take up the whole armor of God, and we want to be be mindful of what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And there's a great so moving to more of a practical conversation then. Yeah, uh, so just real quick, go ahead, clarify yeah, set us up for it.
1: So that you know, we're not saying that there's no application for righteousness being the breastplate, but that we're not going to get in there and debate. Well, why is it the breastplate instead of the belt, like Calvin right. said? Um, you know, trying to pick apart the minute details of why why the helmet of salvation and not the the shoes of salvation because then there'd be alliteration, whatever, yeah. right? So it, it's not that, but the, there there is some point to these things, yeah. right? To the the various aspects of the armor, and that's why he draws them out. And yeah. we're going to get into the application of that next week. But yeah, that's exactly. what I people we'll go to next think week. we're contradicting ourselves by saying yeah. it doesn't matter. But here's here's some specific no, yeah, applications yeah. for these things. Yeah. We're saying that the. You know the, the particular items don't don't look in, too deeply into yeah. why this instead of that. Yeah. Yeah, we're just going to talk about how to put on the armor of God and how to, right. how to wield it.
0: That's right. Well, well, here's a quote from Elizabeth Elliott that gets going in this direction. She said, Spiritual strongholds begin with a thought. One thought becomes a consideration. A consideration develops into an attitude, which leads to, into an action. Action repeated becomes a habit, and a habit establishes a power base for the enemy. That mm. is, a stronghold. That's good. And so this is this is the warfare then is a warfare over our minds and our hearts mm-hmm. the the thoughts and intentions of our minds and our hearts what do we think about what do we feel what do we what are we pursuing what are we loving right and so so what are then the times to fight what are the times for us to take up the battles when do we go in this direction and and so there basically let me let me show you our hand before we even get into it all the time every day every moment and this is why we need God's strength, because a lot of us we hear every moment of every day you should be fighting a battle for God's glory yeah. and for His holiness. You're like, I can't, I no, can't no do that. Yep. Exactly, right? right? This, is, is, this is the best conversation to have with your kids. It, it is, it is. You know, you've gotten to a good place when your children come to you and they say, "Mom and Dad, I can't obey. Yeah. I can't obey." Exactly. Right. And that is why you need Christ. Yeah. That is why you need the Spirit. That is why you need prayer. This is why we need to take up God's Word and commit it to our hearts and minds. Okay, so examples then of times to fight yeah. in both temptation and in trial. So what do, we mean, what do I mean by this? Well, well, Here, I'll let you tease this out too, brother. Temptation would be those times when you feeling a desire to do something that God has commanded you not to do mm-hmm. or not doing something He has commanded you to do. Yep. So those are temptations, right? Temptation yep. would, would be specifically tied to sinning against God. Yep. Trial, on the other hand, would be times when you're just a person living in a broken world. Mm-hmm. Sin is still tied to it to some degree because right. sin has crushed and broken the world. Others
1: sinning against you type of situation.
0: Sure. Right. Trial would just be difficulty. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not because you've sinned. It's it, it, it's yeah. it's you know, uh, crazy things. Mm-hmm. Let's take an extreme example. You, you know, your house falls down. Yeah. Okay. That's a that's a and huge that's trial, a trial. Right. Yeah. Well, that's not necessarily because you sinned, unless maybe you, know, you didn't do something right in the household. But, right. but I use that as a great example, right? Yep. When, when a tornado comes and tears your house apart, well, you know, that's a great trial. Yep. So we need to fight a spiritual warfare on both sides of that, when, when sin is present or, or when it's just trials from living in a broken world. We mm-hmm. need to fight there. Yep. Um, yeah, so, so let's keep going then. Uh, times when you're weak and tired, mm-hmm. uh, times when, you, when you're uh, worn out, there, there is a time there where, where, there will be great temptation to give over to the enemy, mm-hmm. uh, to to despair, yeah. uh, to to or give just be, up,
1: just be slothful,
0: to be slothful. Right. right. These are times when we have to put on the armor of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, angry and frustrated yeah. is, is is a time when spiritual warfare is waging hard on our hearts that we must put on the armor mm-hmm. of God when when things are not going the way that we think that they're go they should go. Uh, when someone is not doing what we think that they should do, Dude. when somebody's calling the church. You forgot to silence the phone again. Turn that off. Oh, it, It's our friend Jim. All uh, right. I want to answer it right now. <laughs> yes. <Yeah, it's> okay. <laughs> I call him back.
1: Uh, now, uh, it's funny you listed it right after weak and tired. Angry and frustrated often comes when we're weak and tired. Exactly. Right? Uh, yeah. So when we're weak and tired, just know, all right, I'm being set up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the chance that the battle increases is likely. Go yeah,
0: ahead. that's right. So, so the, these are these are times when things could get, uh, could get could get hairy. They could mm-hmm. get it could get pressurized, right? It's yep. times when when the war is real for us to uh, sin in very uh, specific ways of of lashing out, of, mm-hmm. of of getting frustrated, of trying to manipulate and and be deceptive or or, or control people around us, mm-hmm. right? Uh, also, times when we're lonely and scared, yep. right? That that there is a time when you feel. You know and, and we feel this as pastors as t- at times but but even just as men where we feel very alone mm-hmm. we feel like well nobody nobody's struggling with the same things that we do uh, nobody you know thinking about the trials of our lives right yeah. that that the uh, the the hardships that we face well I'm the only one who's facing this right now nobody mm-hmm. else would even understand what I'm going through yeah. you know uh, losing this uh, struggling with that wrestling with this walking through this season that there's these hardships, and, and I'm all alone in this. Uh, this is a time when, when, when Satan may try to attack us and bring us down and, and hurt us and harm us in any way that he can in our walk with the Lord. And then the final one would be coveting and lusting, and that is wanting things that God has not given you. Uh, this rolls over into envy and jealousy, but, but we specifically see this at thinking about thinking about lust and, and lust of the eyes and lust of the heart, uh, How how Satan puts things before us and brings things before us that God himself has not given us. Mm-hmm. And so there's a desire there uh, that, that, that finds its origins really in the garden uh, to want what we have not been given, mm-hmm. uh, to desire what we have not been given. And this is yep. a time when we have to fight. We have to press forward. And so I think probably a good thing, and we're going to think about this in future episodes, is to think about some of the spheres uh, what what I would call the spheres of influence, mm-hmm. the spheres where we have a say in what's going on. And and this is in all of life uh, where this kind of warfare happens. So, so we thought about some of the examples of times when we need to fight, mm-hmm. like times of anger, loneliness, lust, temptation, great trial in our lives. But what about some of the places to fight, right? And so let's run through some of these uh, and think about them and then, and then just move kind of to close the time and think about the gospel itself. Mm-hmm. We see that one of the biggest places, the most important place for us to fight is in our own mind and hearts. Personal, our personal holiness and putting on the armor of God to fight for our own a walk with the Lord. Uh, J.C. Ryle put it this way. He said, we should be struggling. And, and we just thought about this, Sorry. Cut off JC here. We just thought about this in Hebrews, right? There's a colon there. Yeah. We should be struggling. I mean a struggle within the heart between the old nature and the new, the flesh and the spirit, which are to be found together in every believer. A deep sense of that struggle and a vast amount of mental discomfort from it are no proof that a man is not sanctified. No, rather, I believe they are healthy symptoms of our condition. So, what he's saying here is that our struggle against sin, our struggle against self, our struggle against the spiritual warfare mm-hmm. and the the, the powers uh, uh, in the heavenly realms, our struggle are signs, our symptoms of our condition, our healthy symptoms, and prove that we, here going on with Ryle here, he says, and prove that we are not dead, but alive. A true Christian is one who has not only peace of conscience, but war within. Mm-hmm. He may be known by his warfare as well as by his peace. Mm-hmm. And so yep. so what, how do we get that? How do we get that? Well, we realize that Christ has conquered sin
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that he has vanquished Satan but he has not fully applied that conquering and that vanquishing at this time. So we can have peace on the one hand, that he has done it. Mm -hmm. It is finished. He has accomplished his work. While also living, awaiting his return to fully put all to rest. Mm -hmm. And so that means we fight on. That means we war. And I love how Ryle puts it there, that we have a war within. Yeah. Brother or sister, if, if, if you are not fighting if there's not a war within your heart and your mind for holiness that may mean that you're sitting down on the job mm-hmm. that you're sleeping on the battlefield and yeah. and that's a, that's a, something to really consider mm-hmm. uh how is your struggle against sin going is it really a struggle yeah. or is it every time sin shows up you're blown over like a like a you know house of cards mm-hmm. so that would be the first one just that personal we have anything to add yep. to that
1: just, yeah, just to encourage folks that are discouraged by their struggle, that the struggle is part of your sanctification. Um, if you did not care that you sinned, then you would be presuming upon grace at yeah. best, right? Yeah. At worst, then you're looking at Romans 1, where you're just continuing in this downward spiral of not only uh, doing evil, but giving approval to those who do and right inventing yeah. new new ways to do evil. So, yeah. Um, don't don't take comfort because I'm just not that bad yet. But also, if if you're struggling, then it, it is a real struggle, right?
0: Yeah. Well, and this gets back to the conscience, which we've talked about on this show before. Is that if your conscience is pricked on a matter, if you have a wrestling within your heart about some decision you've made, some. Some way that you're living, or some something that you're doing, mm-hmm. something that you're feeling. If if God has, if the Spirit has pricked your conscience, if, you, and I think the best way to put that is if you don't feel at peace about it, yeah. right? And and if you're honest with yourself and don't feel peace about right. it, right? Because a lot of people will try to find peace of conscience mm-hmm. by telling other people about what they're struggling with, yeah. so that they can get approval. And if they can get approval by other people, then they'll shut their own conscience down, right? Because other people think that this is fine, right? Yeah. But if your conscience is at war within you. I can't say this enough. Don't ignore the work of the spirit in your conscience. Yeah. Because when you kill your conscience, when you shut your conscience up, eventually it stops talking. Mm-hmm. If you keep shutting your conscience down, eventually it will be so seared and so so, so twisted and marled that, that it mm-hmm. will begin to atrophy and you'll no longer have a conscience about anything. Yeah. And then you find yourself in deeper and deeper uh, sin and unholiness. Mm-hmm. And, and you're like, well, how did I get here? I never even felt any conviction from doing that. How yeah. did I get to this place, right? Yeah. And, and we see this from from everything, from from uh, lusting after what God has not given us, mm-hmm. uh, to to making poor decisions, uh, to to you know not walking in wisdom, and to the way that we we treat people in relationships, you know. Yeah. So, anyways, I could go on on with that. Yeah. But. We'll talk about that later in a okay. uh, future episode. Yep. Uh, but but other ways, other places that we need to fight in, in our families, uh, spiritual warfare in our families. I mean, uh, specifically moms and dads. Do you understand how Satan is vying for the hearts of your children? Uh, do you see that 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 there is spiritual warfare even in what they're watching, what mm-hmm. they're listening to, what they're reading, uh, how they're spending their time, how how do they view the Bible? How do mm-hmm. they view the local church? Uh, you know, it, it, I think that there's a sense in which we can we can think we would never say that our children uh, get into heaven because their parents are Christians, right? right. Say this over and over again, right? That that they must make their own profession of faith. But there is an underlying assumption in that that just if if their parents are Christians, thus they're growing up in a Christian household, mm-hmm. thus they're just going to be okay. They'll learn everything by osmosis. No, that's not true. We as Christian parents must fight a spiritual war for the hearts of our children. Hmm. We must labor for them. We must uh, press into them. We must give them the things that they need. We must give them the tools that they need. And so I'll say this, and I'll say this again on Sunday morning in, in the announcements, but one of the reasons that we're going to do these talks on race and ethnicity this week and in two weeks on Sunday night do the talk about gender and sexuality, thinking about Genesis one, is I specifically want parents to bring their kids back for this. Hmm. Uh, it's not going to be, it's not going to be explicit. It's not going to be, you know, mm-hmm. uh, inappropriate for them. But I want us to begin to think about how do we equip adults, but also children, to live in this world to yeah. think rightly about what God has created right. in creating nations and mm-hmm. in creating two genders. We have got to equip our children for these things because it's being pressed in their faces more and more and more. Yeah. So we gotta, we got we to start equipping, yep. right? Yeah. So anyways, okay, where else are we going to go from there? What other
1: places? <coughs> Obviously, we want to look at the church as well, um, the spiritual warfare that goes on there. The gates of hell should not prevail against it. That does not mean every individual church is going to last forever. And there, we see plenty of examples of churches that atrophy and decline over time. And, uh, I think a lot of that has to do with not being sober minded, but becoming slothful and thinking, um, you know, yeah. we're just going to keep doing these, these things that aren't necessarily the, the core of, of what we're supposed to be about, yeah. or we're not doing those things with earnestness, with, with, with sobriety again. And, yeah. um so just taking things too lightly so we want to be focused on the word together right we have to take up the sword uh, together as a church so that's that's certainly an area where we need to be praying for one another we need to be encouraging each other with the word Uh, we need to make sure that our consciences are formed by the word and we're helping others uh, especially those younger than us in the faith but that we're shaping each other's consciences with the word so that the world is not what is shaping our consciences so uh, that's the way that we that we do this battle together
0: I think that that's good. I think that's really helpful because one of the things that, uh, you know, I saw a comment recently uh, on social media somewhere. Uh, It was, I don't even remember what it was I was looking at, but somebody commented, people still go to church, Mm question mark? There's this sense in which the church is becoming more and more maligned and uh, irrelevant Mm -hmm. to to the modern, you know, non-Christian mind. Yeah. And so we want we want to be present. We want to present the gospel. I mentioned this in my sermon on Sunday that is both timeless. Mm-hmm. It is a gospel for all times. Right. But it's also timely. It is a gospel that can 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 move like water into the very crevices of whatever culture mm-hmm. and society. Uh, that it that it finds itself in, and this yep. is so why we present the gospel not just here in, in the West, but but also in the un, to the unreached peoples, because it is a gospel that 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 mm-hmm. flows into every crack and crevice of whatever culture it goes to. Yep. Yeah, and so we see this again also in places like our work. Mm-hmm. How do we labor? How do we see our work and our labors and our endeavors as spiritual warfare yep. in, in our culture and the issues that we're thinking about that that are thrown in our faces and the things that we see as we go to the store, as we uh, read, you know, the the newspaper or the magazines or or online or wherever you get your news from, or or Mm -hmm. the television shows we watch, the movies we watch, the music we listen to, or that our neighbors listen to or watch. Like, are we seeing this as spiritual warfare vying for the souls of man? Right. And then thinking even about the nations, yeah. how, how God desires to, to draw a people to himself. And so therefore, if that is God's desire, to have a people from every tribe, tongue, and nation, are, are we so ignorant as to think that Satan would not seek to undo the work of missions at every turn and every possibility? How we think about missions, how we pursue missions, mm-hmm. what we give our money to, the works that we invest in, yeah. the, the time spent— praying about it. like So So we see this goes in every different direction in thinking about the times and the places mm-hmm. of spiritual warfare. And so I, I guess I want to close in thinking about spiritual warfare here with this phrase, and we use this phrase when we think about our life as a church, but I'll expand it out, is that as Christians, we want to do everything on purpose.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: For a purpose. like Everything that we do, the way that we wake up, the way that we Spend our mornings, our afternoons, our evenings, our nights, what we give ourselves to, what we give our money to, how we train our children, everything we want to do on purpose. We want to be thoughtful, mindful of how we're putting on the armor of God. And finally, I just want to close today. Well, let me ask you, do you have anything else you want to share before I close with just a, a gospel reflection?
1: Last thought as far as examples of times to fight. The, mm-hmm. the only thing that I, came to mind as you were describing those things would be also the the fight to remember in times of ease, right? Mm-hmm. that The warnings that God gave to the people of Israel. When you go into the land and you eat from vineyards that you did not plant, when you drink from cisterns that you did not dig, remember. Don't mm-hmm. forget, right? Yeah. And so if you're right now in a, a relative time of ease, be cautious that you're not being given over to sloth, that yeah. you're not slipping slowly into uh, a time of, of just malaise and not being on guard and aware and being active. So it's not just that defensive posture, right? It's the offensive that we want to yeah. think about. And so are you – you're not being attacked right now, so you don't have to have your defenses up necessarily necessarily. That, I mean, the shield needs to be there always, right? But but go on the offense, right? Pray for others who are under attack right now. Be engaged in the battle. Just because you're at ease doesn't mean that yeah. everybody's at ease. Yeah. If one suffers, all suffer. Paul says, and so we need to be engaged in this battle for each other, yeah. and not let those times of ease be like, oh, this is just my you know my R and R leave, and you know the rest of you hope hope you're there when I get back, you know.
0: Yeah. No. And I think that that's right. And so I think the great hope. The great comfort that comes is understanding that this entire battle is wrapped up and in the good news of jesus christ Mm -hmm. himself the gospel itself that as long as we are inside the gospel itself we will experience all the protection we need from the powers of evil that rage against us whether it's our own sin it's the world we live in or satan himself being inside the gospel has many practical implications and applications that we're going to try to tease out in the weeks to come but this is why the Bible tells us to take up and put on the whole armor of God. And the pieces, you've got to realize that the pieces of that armor, as we're going to come to see next week, are merely synonyms for the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, you mm. think about it, translated in the Greek, those, those passage, that passage you just read earlier, we find in this list of words, the words salvation, justification, truth, The gospel of peace, faith, and the word of God. But what are all of these except, unless they're expressions, various ways of describing the good news of Jesus Christ. Just different aspects of that good news. Therefore, this means if we wish to stand and to fight and to find our victory in Jesus, we must do as the old hymn, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus says, put on the gospel armor each piece put on with prayer. And that's how he ends that passage Paul does about talking about prayer. We'll talk about that next week. Yeah. But that God would tell us to take up and to put on this gospel armor alerts me, I pray it alerts you to the fact that we do not automatically come into each day protected by the gospel. Mm. That if his mercy is new every morning, we must take up that mercy. That we must get ready. That we must understand that these commands imply that we are vulnerable to, to injury and to defeat unless we seize upon the gospel and arm ourselves with it from head to toe. And so our call to you as we think about this, as we continue to think about this, is to take it up. What mm-hmm. better way is there to do this than to preach the gospel to ourselves and to make it the very obsession of our hearts mm-hmm. through every single day? Mm-hmm. This is what it means to live on purpose. That's good. For the purpose of the gospel. Well, friends, a couple of book recommendations before we go. We mentioned these last time. We'll mention them again here. Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices by Thomas Brooks. The Fighting Satan, Knowing His Weaknesses, Strategies, and Defeat by Joel Beakey. The Scrutated Letters by C.S. Lewis gives a great picture of spiritual warfare. And Not Against Flesh and Blood by Martin Lloyd-Jones as well as The Spirit and the Church by John Owen. All of these would be great works if you want to think more about spiritual warfare and the armor of God. Uh, Take up these works and read them alongside of God's word to edify and grow your trust in Jesus. Uh, Listen and like and subscribe to our show. We appreciate you listening to Plowing and Planting. Uh, Be sure to share it with others. If you want to learn more about Waverly Place Baptist Church or Plowing and Planting, you can find out more at waverlyplacebaptist.org. In this episode, you've heard music from the Cork Sacred harp singers, and here to close out our episode from Shylin. Well, friends, until next time, continue to stand up, continue mm-hmm. to fight, continue plowing and planting. And pressing on. And pressing on. And pressing on. Amen, brother.
1: Jesus is alive and his people he'll revive and his fame is gonna spread across the land. What's up? Stand up, hands up. Does anybody let the Son of Man trust? Jesus is the king, so his people we will sing and forever say worthy is the land. What's up?